Well, um, if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Amanda, um, and this is my first year on staff here at this Chi Alpha group, actually. Um, And if you guys weren't here a couple weeks ago when I got to have my first message here, um, I wanted to let you guys know a little bit about me, because I always feel like it's really nice to know who's speaking in front of you. So... um, I was a literature major at Western Washington University. Bryce, I love how excited you are with that. Um, (laughs) Yes, so I love reading a lot. Um, And I really love hiking, as I shared last time, if you guys remember my story. And then I'm married to my wonderful husband, Joe, who is, um, yeah, Joe, woo! Um, And we're really excited to lead the Jordan trip together. It's going to be really awesome. Um, yeah, and then I'm also from a, like, kind of average, like, smallish family. I grew up, um, well, my parents are still married, and then I have two older sisters, but one of them is actually my half-sister, so I really only grew up with one sister, mostly, my, my life, and her name is Nikki. She's two years older than me, and we are super close, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And tonight, I have the privilege of sharing scripture with you guys. And we at Chi Alpha really believe the word of God is supposed to shape us and shape our lives. And I hope that tonight, God can really speak to you guys through myself and through the word. Um, And in fact, we have Bibles for you if you don't have one or if you forgot one. So if ushers, you can come up. Um, If you need a Bible tonight, um, please raise your hand and they will come and bring you Bibles. Um, But yeah, before I get into the Word, I do have a story to share with you guys, because I honestly love stories. All right, so have you ever wanted something so bad that you spent a long time trying to save your money to get it? Anyone experience that? Yes. Well, I remember a really distinct time growing up when I really knew what I wanted and like knew that I wanted to save up money for it. And I was seven years old, and my parents announced that we were going to be going to Disneyland the next summer, and I was so excited. Like, I can't tell you guys how excited I was. And it's kind of strange that they told us a year in advance, um, but... <laughs> Um, At the same time, I was kind of glad about it. And I think the reason they told us was not just because they wanted us to, like, build that excitement, but also because they wanted us to start saving our allowance so that they didn't have to buy us all of the souvenirs (laughs) as well. So I remember them, like, sitting us down, and they're like, okay, so if you guys want to buy souvenirs at Disneyland... You have to start saving your money, and then you can buy really cool stuff. And honestly, wasn't that really smart of my parents? Because, like, as a little kid, you, like, go into a store, and you're like, I want that, I want that, I want that. And, like, they just saved themselves so much time by, like, not having to say no to us, by saying that, like, here, save up your money, and then you can buy it. Um, And, yes, that is what they did. And um, it was funny because, um, so seven-year-old Amanda took that sentence super seriously. Like, I'm, I'm honestly a, 
I was a really serious child, uh, to be honest. Um, I actually have a picture of my mom and my sister Nikki and I in Disneyland. Um, And I'm like this really serious one at the bottom. You can't really see me very well. But like I'm dragging my mom around. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I look like determined. Um, (laughs) But anyways, serious little Amanda, um, before Disneyland, started saving her allowance that summer beforehand. And I literally saved all of my allowance for a whole year. Like, it was super hard, but like, I was like determined. I was like, I am going to buy such cool things in Disneyland. I'm going to save it all. And it was, it was really funny, but like, that is what I did. And like, I knew what I wanted there too. Um, my friends had gone to Disneyland before me, and they had told me that I needed one thing in particular. They said I needed an autograph book. And I like, was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get an autograph book. It's going to be great. And I like, couldn't wait to get this autograph book, guys. It was, it was really like, serious. Um, and I was like, thinking about it, and I was like, oh, man, yeah, I'll get all those signatures, and I'm going to treasure this forever, and I'll show my kids. Like, I was just, like, planning. (laughs) Yes, I was really serious. Um, Well, anyways, have you guys ever felt that way about something you, like, wanted to buy? Like, did you put, like, so much value in it that you thought it was, like, going to bring you so much happiness? Because this is what it was for me. That is how I felt about that autograph book. And um, guess what? I did buy the autograph book when I got there. And I spent the whole time when I wasn't on rides meeting all of the Disney characters and getting their autographs and taking like pictures with them too. And I actually have some pictures of little eight-year-old me. Um, so cute. Oh, the pants are so baggy. It's weird. But um, also notice that I'm wearing a fanny pack. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I had a blast with Goofy. He actually danced with me. That was really fun. And then in the picture with Tigger, you can actually see the autograph book in my hand. (laughs) And, like, I was so excited about this. And I was, like, super competitive about getting all of the autographs, too. Um, Anyone here competitive? Yeah? Yeah. I've been competitive since, like, a child, like, so early. Um, And I, like, tried so hard to get all the signatures. And I I actually missed one of the characters. And I was so sad about it. Um, And my parents were really funny. They actually um, saw her, like, it was one of the Disney princesses. They saw her from a distance and took, like, a creeper photo of another girl with her. And then they, like, cut out my face and taped it on top of there. And it's, like, inside of our, like, it's inside of our photos of, like, our family. It's pretty funny. But, um, But anyways, this Disneyland trip was really, really fun. Um, I'm pretty sure my whole family had a really good time. Um, And I think it's honestly, like, one of my favorite vacations um, that we went on as a family. But... It's not my favorite because of all the cool stuff that I got. 
And it's not because of like, I did get really cool stuffed animals and I got that autograph book. But what was best about the trip was actually spending time with my family and doing the fun activities, um, not, not the stuff. And I was actually thinking about this and I don't know where my autograph book is anymore. Like, I have no idea where it is. Um, and even thinking about it, like, the autograph book, like, all those signatures are just from actors. They're not, like, from real characters at all. So it's like if you and I had signed a piece of paper and, like, said that I was Tigger. But, um, yeah, but I really thought that, like, my happiness would come from this autograph book. And I thought I was gonna like treasure it forever. And it's funny because I still feel like I do this with stuff. Like I might be saving up for like a nice new jacket or I might be saving up for shoes that I really want or a snowboard or really anything. Um, and I still, I still really treat stuff sometimes like it's going to bring me happiness. And every time, without fail, it makes me happy for a little while, but then it gets left behind in a closet somewhere. So today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about stuff. Um, specifically, like what the Bible has to say about finances and possessions. And truly, this isn't really the easiest topic um, because I think... Often we feel weird about talking about money, um, and it's kind of a taboo topic in our culture, too. Um, but I think it's a really important topic for us to look at and to talk about, because Jesus talks about it a lot, actually. Uh, did you know that 15% of what Jesus taught was about money and possessions? And that is more than he spoke about heaven and hell combined, so if Jesus talks so much about it, I think it is really important for us to listen and to understand what the God of the universe has to say to us about this area of our lives. And really, with how much he talks about it, I had a super hard time figuring out what to say tonight. Um, but there are two main points I really hope that you get tonight. And my first point is don't live for today live for God and with eternity in mind. So a lot of Jesus's words uh, we are going to look at tonight is actually going to be in one chapter. Um, so if you can turn with me to Matthew 6, um, that's where we're going to mostly camp out. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but um, we'll stay mostly in chapter 6. And specifically, right now, we're going to look at verses 19 through 21, and I'm also going to read verses 20, verse 24 as well. Um, so let me read this scripture for us. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, 
or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So these verses are really straightforward um, and really kind of hard-hitting. Because what is Jesus saying to us through this? The first thing that I see is that Jesus says that what we put our value in, what we spend our money on, shows directly where our hearts are at. So that means, like, if I put extreme value in an autograph book, that means that's where my heart is at? Or, like, like my heart isn't with God or with the people I love. It's with what I want or what I want to own. And I don't think that that's, like, a very fun thing to think about, um, but it's really true. Um, Jesus says here, like, do not store up treasure or put our value in things here on earth. And why do you think he says that? I think the reason Jesus says we should not treasure things here on earth and chase after things is because when we do, it is counter to our own happiness. Because I think Jesus really knows like what makes us happy and what doesn't make us happy. Because I want you guys to like think about the last thing, like last item that you really, really wanted to buy. And like have that in your mind. And then when you bought it, how long did it make you happy? Was it a week? Was it a month? Maybe a year? Like a lot of times, like the happiness that we get from items like really fades quickly, or at least it does for me. And I think Jesus really knows that about us. Like it can't really make us happy, the things that we buy. And I think the other reason Jesus says to not try to not, like, store up treasures here on earth is because it's counter to what Jesus says is our purpose for our lives. Because chasing treasure on earth does not really accomplish either of the two greatest commands that Jesus says is our purpose on life, which was the first one is to love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind, and our strength. And the second was to love our neighbor as ourselves. But when I chase things, I think the only thing I am really doing is just loving myself. And that's not really a fun thing to say. But I really do feel like that's what happens when I chase things. And there is a book um, that I read, and it really taught me a lot about finances and about um, like what God thinks about money and possessions. And... Um, I think it summarizes why Jesus doesn't want us to chase things really well. It's out of the treasure principle, um, which is this little tiny book here, and it's by Randy Alcorn. And the author says, but when Jesus warns us not to store up treasures on earth, it's not just because wealth might be lost, it's because wealth will always be lost. Either it leaves us while we live, or we leave it when we die no exceptions. So Jesus does not want us to spend our lives on, well, just here on earth. We are meant to live for a whole lot more than just stuff or things that won't last for eternity. So 
how am I living right now? Am I just living for myself and for the here and now? Or am I living the way God intended me to, living with eternity in mind? Because I think the second thing that Jesus really shows us from this passage in Matthew is that God wants us to be focused on eternity, to store up treasures in heaven. He doesn't want us to waste our lives here. And I was thinking about this, and I I wrote a little bit at first about this, and then I was just reading scripture, and I felt like Jesus described it a whole lot better than I ever could. Um, So he tells this really hard-hitting story about a farmer and building barns, and it's in Luke. Um, and I'm just going to read what Jesus says. It's in um, 12, verses 15 through 21. And it says, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable, or this story, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. So we are going to be accountable for how we spend our lives. And we never really know like when we might die. That might be a sad thing to say, but it's true. And we can't take for granted that the, next, the day that we have today is not our last day. That tomorrow might not come. So I need to seriously consider, am I living to just be happy in this world? Or am I actually living for God, even with my possessions? Because when you live your when you actually give your life to Christ, when you decide to follow him, he desires every part of your lives. Jesus says that we need to take up our cross and to follow him. And he says, like, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for the sake of me will find it. Jesus doesn't say, whoever gives me their daily God times He doesn't say whoever goes to Chi Alpha or goes to church every Sunday. He doesn't say whoever goes to core. No. He desires you to follow him with your whole life. That is the deal that we make with the Lord. And what does he promise in return for us giving our lives to him? He promises an eternal, perfect, and beautiful life. An eternity. And this life will just be like a blink of an eye compared to what he is promising us. And do you really want to give up eternity for the sake of having all that this world can give you? Because it really doesn't compare, truly. And Jesus warns us that money can really be a snare to us. 
So if you like read the story of the rich young ruler or the story of this farmer that I just read, and even the parable of the seeds, like Jesus talks about the seeds that fall on different soils. There are the ones who hear the word of God and don't believe, and there are the ones that accept the word of God, but then they fall away quickly due to lack of faith. And then there are the ones who get choked out as believers because of what? It says because of worries and wealth of the world. So do I want to lose my faith just because I get too caught up in the world or in money? Do I want to forfeit eternity for something so small? And the last thing that Jesus says in these verses is that no one can have can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So God knows that money can be an idol to us, or that we can make money into a God and just follow that. And truly, when I am not in the right mindset with God, when I forgot when I forget that he has my best interest at heart, I really have despised what he says about how I handle money. I start thinking things like, but it's my money. I want to decide what to do with it, and I deserve that money. And I start not trusting God, and I start trusting in myself or trusting that money is going to take care of me. Has this ever happened to anyone else? And I've realized that what I do with my money and my possessions can show exactly where my heart is and exactly where I am at with God. And this is like one of the worst yet best things I have ever heard anyone say about this whole subject. Um, I don't remember who it was. I wish I did. But um, they said, look at your bank account. Look at what you spend your money on. If you look at the last few statements at your bank, what does it say that you put your value in the most? Like when I heard that, it was just like, oh, ouch. (laughs) And like, honestly, if I'm, I'm sure if I looked at most of your bank accounts, it would say that school would be your highest value. Thank you to high tuition rates. Um, And maybe rent would be your next. But um, what I really think shows where our hearts are at is not just our bills, but the other things we spend our money on. So what does my bank account say I value? Does it say I value coffee? Does it say I value pizza? Or maybe my appearance? Or maybe it says my phone? Or maybe it says I value video games? Or does it say I value my hobbies in general? Or does it say I value traveling? Now, if I looked at my bank account, what would it say about me valuing God? Like, do I tithe to him? Or am I giving to missions to help others know him? Or what does my bank account say about valuing others? Do I help out my friends at all? Or does my bank account say anything at all about helping the people who actually need help financially right now? Like truly, what does my bank account say about me and what I value?
Because we cannot follow the way of the world. That's what Jesus is saying in this. God wants us to follow and commit our lives to only him, not to anything else. So the second point that I really hope you guys get tonight is that God doesn't want us to live our life here on earth in fear and bondage of money. So I believe that if you are in this room right now, God has blessed you abundantly already. Because I also know that God really wants to continue blessing you abundantly because he cares about you. But he doesn't want you to mistake his blessings as what rules your life. The second scripture I want to look at is Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. And honestly, I think God has to make me read this like once a month because it like speaks directly to the struggles of my life. Um, It does a lot about worrying, and I am a big worrier, like a lot. Anyone else in the room a worrier? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, So it says not to worry, but then it also talks a lot about money and possessions. Um, So let's read um, verses 25 through 34. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So what I really hope you guys get from this is that we, we must change our view of money belonging to us to realizing that everything that we have is given to us by God. So where are you at in terms of thinking about money and possessions? Are you like these verses that say that you're constantly worrying about money or constantly worrying about food or your clothes or about when you can afford the next iPhone? Or have you found freedom from worry by realizing God is the one who is providing for you. So believe me when I say that Jesus really wants you to be in the second category. And if we ever want to be free of letting money or our jobs or our possessions run our lives, 
or to be our God, this takes a significant mindset change on our part. So what if instead of thinking like, I deserve this or I earned this, we start thinking, God has given this to me as a gift. Now, what am I going to do with it? And really, this, this has been like a really hard shift in me, but I also feel like over the years, like, I'm slowly starting to understand that like everything I have has been given to me by God. But when I viewed finances and possessions as mine, I realized that I reacted in a certain way. So first off, I was super stingy. I was definitely not a generous person. I would think, well, I earned this money. Like, why would I buy my friend coffee? Or why would I give away any of my money? Like, it's, it's mine. I earned it. Or I would worry about money, like, all the time. Like, since I'm a super serious person, I would often be like, oh, will I, can I afford rent this month? I don't know. Or what if I can't afford rent next month? Or will I have enough money for groceries? Or what about the trip to Europe I really want to take? Will I have enough money for that? Like, I would constantly just worry about, like, when my next paycheck was coming. And I really had plenty, but I just felt like I never did. And then I also became, like, super tied to my money because I was just super nervous about it all the time. But when I started realizing that God was the one that gave me money in the first place and everything I have in life... It totally changed how I dealt with all of my life. Like, I became free from all that worry that I had that I wouldn't be able to, like, make it the next month because I knew God was going to take care of me. And I really started realizing that I could trust God, that he was constantly providing for me all the time. And I even became generous because I realized that the money didn't even belong to me in the first place. It was just a gift from God. And I also really started to have a clear view of who God is and who I am, and also that money is not everything. So literally, in these verses, Jesus says, Seek me first, and I will provide for you. So do you trust God? We are talking about the God who created you the God who died for you, and the God who placed you in this super wealthy country, and he even has privileged you to be at university, which is a big deal. And here where you are not even starving to death like a lot of the other people in the world. Like he has provided so much for you guys and so much for me. So why would I fear that he wouldn't continue to do that? And he promises here that if we seek him first, he will provide. So do you trust him in his promises to you? Or would you rather put your trust in money or in your own strength at providing for yourself? So honestly, I have been the most happy in life when I haven't been chasing things or when I haven't been worrying about money all the time or worrying about if my clothes are trendy enough, or if I'm obtaining success that the world says I need. I have been the most happy when I have put my trust in God and decided to live for eternity and not for this world. 
because living with and for Jesus has been much more rewarding than just running around on this world not being satisfied when I buy things. So I challenge you, if you are feeling unhappy because you are living just as the world tells you to, or if you are unhappy because you are worried about money all the time, seek first Jesus and follow him. Look in his word and read what he says life is all about for you. And talk to your facilitator. Talk to the staff about uh, Jesus as well if you have questions. And if you commit your life to Jesus, start following what he says to do. Because I can guarantee he is saying those things for your own joy in life, not to make you unhappy, because he actually cares about you and has the best at heart for you. So to end, I actually have some application things for you. Um, And I kind of have two different ones. So the first one is what to do if you don't know what God teaches about money. Like if you literally have not looked into it at all, um, I have some things to recommend. Um, So the first thing is to read one of the Gospels all the way through and pay attention to everything Jesus is saying about possessions and money. I'm actually reading Luke right now, and there's like a million things in there. It was super hard to choose what to talk about tonight just because of reading Luke. Um, and I say write down like what you think he wants you to apply to your life right now too. And then um, if you want to learn about tithing, because I feel like that's a big thing that the Lord really calls us to obey, I have some scripture that you can look up to figure out what that is. And also, I recommend reading uh, Michael's Disciples Make More Disciples. It has some really good resources in there for studying that. Um, And then if you want to learn about, like, giving or generosity, there's stuff there, too. And then I highly, highly recommend reading this tiny book that wouldn't take you very long, um... But honestly, like, a lot of my message tonight was just out of this book and what I've learned from it. And, um, yeah, so it's The Treasure Principle. And I looked it up on Amazon because I was curious how much it cost. And used, it's like $5. So, and that's with shipping. Um, So I highly recommend, if you don't know, like, what tithing is all about or giving or just, like, want God to shape your heart in that way to read this book. Um, And then the second thing... Um, is that if you already know about tithing and giving or, like, what the Lord says about all those things, how can you apply them to your life right now? And the first thing I would say is to start tithing um, and start learning to trust God by purposefully giving up this part of your life, like allowing him to show you that he's going to take care of you. Because if you don't practice it, then you're never going to learn, like, how to trust in the Lord that way. And then the second thing is to practice generosity. And I truly mean practice. Like, it doesn't come naturally to just, like, start, like, providing for other people or helping them out. It's something that I've had to, like, do over time. Um, And I really suggest, like, asking the Lord, like, how can I be generous toward your kingdom? And what people can I help out? And then the last thing I really want to say is that God trusted you with being wealthy as an American. Um, 
or just like being here at a university. So that means he is relying on you to help others out in this world. And my question to you is, what will you do? So worship team, if you would like to come up, um, that would be great. And I'm going to close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you have provided so much for us and that, Jesus, you have taught us so much about not chasing after things that won't make us happy. Uh, I just pray for us tonight that you would really shape our hearts to really just pursue what you have for us for eternity, that we would really just figure out what you say our life is all about and really just take to heart what you say and obey you because I know that you have our best interest at heart, Lord. You are our creator and you have given us so much. And I pray that tonight you'd really be speaking to us in tangible ways um, and really helping us to just pursue you more, Father. I pray all this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.